0: Hello my friends. Today's episode has been some 20 years in the making. It's a fairly lengthy episode and I think it's really the first time I've ever really shared the details of the story and the events surrounding my second child, Claudia. The intent of this episode is not to make people sad but rather it is just to honor Claudia's short life and hopefully give others out there who are dealing with similar situations a little bit of hope, a little bit of strength, and a bit of feeling that they're not alone as they work through their own challenges in life. I feel a disclaimer is needed for this episode as it does deal with pregnancy, loss of a child, and some of it might be pretty raw. It may trigger some It may be hard for some to listen to, but I do encourage you, um, if you find the strength to get through it, I hope that you will find that it might bring you some peace if you are struggling with the loss of a child. I hope this might bring you some comfort, knowing that there are ways to keep going, there are ways to keep that memory alive, and you aren't alone. My story started way back in 1997 when I was pregnant with my second child. My first son was about 18 months at the time. Uh, up until the last month of this pregnancy, it seemed pretty normal. baby was moving lots. I was still working. I was carrying on like everything was fine because we were under the impression everything was fine. At one of my appointments, the doctor was a bit concerned about the weight gain I was having. From my first pregnancy, I didn't gain much weight, I had a very average belly, however with Claudia, my belly was huge and the ultrasound revealed some pretty devastating news. It showed there was excessive fluid in the womb and that indicated a problem with the baby perhaps. From what I remember, this was a Thursday or a Friday when we received this news. The doctor explained that at first glimpse he thought Claudia was showing signs of dwarfism. He sent us home and was going to book further tests the following week to get confirmation on what was going on. I remember going home and just feeling overwhelmed. I went online and started looking up information on dwarfism. Right away my first thought was, this is not a huge issue, we're going to have a sweet baby girl, we will love her for who she is, plain and simple, our baby girl. Is who she is, and always will be. Bring it on. We're ready for this next chapter. It seemed like forever, until we could get back to the doctor for more follow-ups. When the day finally came, we were devastated. The doctor told us it wasn't dwarfism. Claudia had a rare form of dwarfism called fanatophoric dwarfism or thanatophoric dysplasia. I had no idea what that meant, but I knew by the look on his face and the way he was talking it wasn't good. The doctor explained that this was a fatal type of dwarfism in which, simply put, her chest cavity was not large enough to allow her heart and lungs to grow properly, and as such she wouldn't be able to breathe. We were told if she was going to make it through the delivery, she would die shortly after. My world that day changed. I was only about 30 weeks at this point. Reality set in quite quickly, and then the questions came. Why me? What did I do wrong? And the biggest one of all, how am I going to find the strength to get through this delivery and carry on life without my baby? The doctor discussed several options of what we could do. Unfortunately, there was no happy option. I don't recall the fine details of the options, but what I do recall is the fact that, in Manitoba anyways, at this time, if a baby was born under a certain age, they would automatically be hooked up to life support. What the frig? was my first thought. How friggin' cruel can these policies be? We know my baby is not compatible with life outside the womb, but yet they would still be forced to put her on life support. Sure, it would have given us more time with her, but then when would the decision be made to finally end her life? No freaking thank you, not a decision we want to make. On one hand, I really thought and thought in my head that maybe life support option would be okay, because it would give us time, some time to find some miracle that would keep her alive. We did much research and talked with the doctors and it was clear that regardless of what we did, Claudia was not going to survive outside my body. So in order to avoid her being hooked up to life support and us having to make another very, very difficult, heart-wrenching and impossible to imagine decision for any parent, the decision of when do we turn off the life support. Together we decided that we would wait until she was far enough along that she wouldn't need to be hooked up to life support. Sadly, this decision meant I would have to continue to carry the sweet baby bundle in my belly, feeling her move, watching my belly grow some more, and feel her each and every day. Have my hopes and dreams for her play over and over in my mind knowing the inevitable that would come to be when she was delivered and those hopes and dreams would never come to be. At a time where most pregnant women are excited and looking forward to delivery, to having this bundle of joy out of their belly and in their arms, I was devastated. I was working part-time as a cashier at a grocery store up until this point and was hoping to remain working for a couple more weeks to help keep my mind occupied until such time as I could deliver. Deep down I knew nothing would keep Claudia's fate off my mind, but maybe it would help mask the pain and stop the tears, at least for a bit. I remember looking down at my huge belly, a massive belly ball well beyond a baby bump that definitely looked like I was carrying triplets and thinking to myself, how am I going to go out in public every day and face people knowing what I know, knowing that once my sweet baby bundle is out of me, she's going to die. You can't expect people to even begin to comprehend the complex emotions and the roller coaster ride of highs and lows as you feel this bundle inside of you, and then bounce back to the reality that all your dreams for her will never come true. This is where your true strength really plays into things. A strength that comes from somewhere. Somewhere that's different for everyone I know. But what I want you to believe is that you will have the strength. The path that I chose that I felt was best for me and my health and to keep all the strength I would need for the upcoming weeks was to stop working. I could no longer keep a smile on. Answering everybody's questions about this massive baby I was sporting was requiring too much of my emotional strength. After all, I was still a mom to a busy, active, and lover loving 18 18-month-old boy at the time. I hated going outside of the house. I hated having to talk to people. I hated having to see other pregnant women and anticipate that they were going to have a happy, healthy baby. They were going to get to hold their baby and they were going to have a full life with their baby. I wasn't going to have any of that. On one hand, I was so excited for the new chapter they all would be taking, but on the other hand, I was deeply sad, maybe even jealous. So I spent much of the time of my pregnancy at home with my son. He was a distraction from the doom. He was a bundle of energy and made me smile throughout the days. He was a source of a lot of the strength. He as well as my family members and close friends who were there each provided a different kind of support. Together they all helped our little family of three as we faced faced each day. The doctor set May 21st as my induction date. We did all we could to prepare ourselves for the unknown. I remember getting to the hospital and seeing all these other pregnant moms again of all ages, some seeming like they were still just kids themselves. I remember being so angry, so angry that they were going to be able to hold their babies and enjoy their babies, that they were going to have a happy delivery and the beginning of a new life. I struggle with this part still today I know I had no right to be angry, but I was. I was full of so many emotions. Anger. I was scared. I was sad. I was happy. Yes, I was actually happy. We were finally going to get to see her, this precious little baby that had made my belly grow so big. A sweet girl who we thought for sure was going to be a soccer star one day because she would move and kick so much in my belly. Strangely, I still remember like it was yesterday, feeling her move and watching my belly move right along with her. Now it brings a smile to my face, that memory. I decided to go with an epidural for this pregnancy because I was pretty confident I was not going to have the energy to get through this delivery, knowing full well that I may deliver a stillborn baby. I remember being in the hospital bed after the epidural was administered, waiting for the drip to start my contractions, waiting for my sweet baby girl, Claudia, to enter this world. I hated the feeling of the epidural. I couldn't feel a thing. I couldn't feel my legs. I couldn't get out of bed. I was tired. I was lonely. Even though my husband at the time was there, I just wanted to hold my baby. Looking back, it seemed to be so much waiting but yet, all seemed to go so quickly. So quick from the moment I remember entering the hospital to the day we left the hospital, no longer pregnant, but also no bundle of joy to wrap up and take home with us, only pictures and memories. Some parts of the day I see and remember so vividly, other parts are just a blur. I remember the nurse telling me it's time to push, I remember the doctor coming in and I remember hearing her cry when she was born. The moment came when I finally got to see my precious baby girl. She was beautiful. She had a sweet little button nose and had short little arms and legs. And she would whimper. It was such a sweet little sound. I held her for a moment or two. My parents had a brief opportunity to meet her. We spent about 30 minutes with her in total. I remember thinking and praying, praying to anyone at all who could possibly bring a miracle to let our baby fight the odds and keep on breathing. That didn't happen. Claudia was born at about 1.43am and they recorded her last breath at 2.15am. I remember watching her dad hold her and keep waiting for another breath to come out. The doctor had explained to us that her breath would become further and further apart as she began to lose her battle. Claudia fought a good fight and made me look at the world a little bit differently. Like I said earlier, most memories are a bit of a blur. I just have little bits and pieces of memory after she was born and passed away. We had our time with her once she died. We held her, hugged her, and after some time we finally said goodbye to our little angel. The nurses took Claudia from us. Now the reality of the next task that needed to be looked after set in. We had planning to do. We had to decide if we were going to have a funeral. We had to decide how to share our happy and then sad news. We knew we had to keep Claudia's memory alive in our hearts. What I also remember is the awkwardness in the hospital after she passed. Like I said, this was back in 1997, and it appeared to me that the hospital I was in wasn't really that experienced in dealing with this type of situation. I remember first being placed on the newborn ward with moms and their babies, and I lost my mind. I recall being moved to a different surgical ward, and it just basically was left alone. From what I remember, I didn't require much medical attention as the delivery went well. I didn't have any excessive bleeding. As far as anybody was concerned, the delivery was normal. The only part that wasn't normal is that I didn't have a baby to hold. What I really did need was emotional support from the nursing staff. I don't recall that being a priority for them. But then again, it might just be my memory. I remember trying to be strong and trying to ensure everybody around me that I was okay and try to not make things awkward. I'm not sure how long I was in the hospital for and exactly what happened with Claudia after she was born. I do remember holding her. I remember the nurses taking her and I do have a vision, a scene in my head that haunts me to this day and I question how humanely Claudia may have been treated after she passed. That vision is the hardest to look past and move on from this day. I don't let it control my mind as I did for many years. Somehow I found the strength to put it away and knew that having it at the forefront of my mind does no good for anybody. I didn't put it away in a bad way. I put it away because it's a memory and it needed to stay a memory. It took a long time to realize that those memories can sometimes be put in the back of our mind. We know the memory is there, but by focusing on the present moment each day, we can sometimes find ways to keep carrying on. You can too. One little step at a time each day, you can learn to lessen the control those daunting memories have on you. There is no easy flowchart of what to do and how to do that, but each person needs to look deep inside themselves and find their way. Reach out to others, try different things, but whatever you do, do it with kindness and gentleness to yourself, and above all, be patient with yourself. After Claudia passed, I remember being in the hospital, I remember friends sending flowers and sending thinking of you and sympathy cards cards which were very supporting and caring and i'm truly blessed for all those that helped us get through that difficult time i remember trying to stay happy and upbeat because my son was coming to visit and it just seems like it's what i needed to do i remember feeling angry sometimes when i look at the sympathy and condolence cards because i felt like i was being rushed to get past the happiness. like I was being rushed to get past the pregnancy and the delivery and the fact that I just had a daughter. I know people meant no harm. I know that they meant well and they know that it was a difficult time and I know they cared for us. But from the moment to moment I flopped between feeling happy as I just had a baby and we just had our first daughter It may seem odd, but I was happy about so much of the short time we had with her. I also understand that people don't know how to react sometimes, and maybe other moms in my shoes wouldn't have wanted to celebrate outwardly that the birth of the baby girl that passed away. So as much as I felt that I was rushed into the grieving phase, which I must stress, I really, really don't think I was actually being rushed by anyone. I was just hit with a whirlwind of emotions that changed from moment to moment. I will always cherish the many caring and compassionate family and friends we had. I know they didn't understand the emotions because nobody can fully understand it until you've been in those shoes, but I do remember them being there. I remember them sending their love and offering to help with my son and offering to help with things at home. We had an outpouring of support from our friends and family, and that still sticks with me to this day. We decided we were going to have Claudia cremated and she was going to be placed in the cemetery with my maternal nanny. We had a small ceremony with some friends and family and then we went home and life carried on. I remember my aunt gave us a little lilac bush after Claudia passed and to this day the smell of lilacs still makes me think of her. Shortly after we delivered And shortly after we buried our baby girl, we were preparing for our family to move from Winnipeg to Ontario for my husband's job. This was a welcome move as it let me escape all the things that made me sad about where we lived. It meant less chances of running into somebody that knew I was pregnant and having to explain the situation. Basically, it just meant I could run and hopefully have a fresh start where people didn't know that I was pregnant and I wouldn't have to try. I wouldn't have to replay what happened, and also I wouldn't have to try and comfort people when you tell them that your baby passed away. People don't know how to react to that. There's no right or wrong way on how to reply to that type of news being shared. So as well as feeling happy that I could leave and have a fresh start, it also made me kind of sad, because what kind of recognition was I giving to that sweet, precious baby girl of mine? For me, it was an awkward situation. I didn't want to not acknowledge that I had two children but after telling people that I have two children but one passed away, I felt uncomfortable and felt tired of having to comfort them when I shared my news. So unfortunately that meant that my baby girl didn't get spoken of a lot and that makes me sad as a mom. Once we moved and we were settled into our new place, I was reaching out to meet new people and I went to the Family Resource Center. It turned out there was another family, moving into the area who had been through a very similar situation. We reached out to this couple and we spoke a few times, it was comforting to have somebody talk to that had experienced a similar pain. Back in those days, the Facebook groups and the other online supports weren't really as big as they are now. So having that actual person to to share with really helped. We didn't keep in contact for very long, however, I'm not really sure why to this day. I guess some people enter our lives only for a short time for a specific reason. And this may be the case here. Once we were settled in Ontario, I started doing some research into thanatophoric dwarfism. And really back in 1997, there wasn't a lot of research at that time. As the years passed, from time to time, I would go back online, and I would research some more. It's not a very common disorder, about 1 in 20 to 50,000 per year. But as the years went on, and as the internet began to grow, I began to see other people from around the world who had similar situations. The more research I would do, the more I would begin to question the decisions we made. I would have the dreaded what-ifs pop in my head all the time. What if we had hooked her up to life support? What if there was something more we could have done? I had to stop myself from looking at this point because the guilt I was feeling would just be overwhelming from time to time. I'm sure many can relate to that friggin' emotion of guilt, but that's what we need to work at understanding. Guilt will come into our minds, no doubt, but what we allow that emotion to do, what power we give that emotion over us, that's what we need to work on. So we learn to control the guilt and not let it control so much of our mind. From time to time, I would still go on. And Facebook brought me to find some people in other places in the world that did have children born with the dwarfism, and they did survive the delivery, and they are still living with the condition. This brought up mixed emotions for me as I was happy for these people that they got to spend more time with their children. But I was sad that I didn't fight more, that I didn't do things differently. I had problems with depression on and off for a few years, and trying to keep my head focused and trying to keep the depression at bay sometimes became a huge task with all the questioning and all the doubting and all the what-ifs that would pop in. It's been almost 21 years, and my baby girl Claudia still lives in my heart and my mind today. I still wonder today if things could have been different, and I still wonder today, why me? Why us? Why our baby girl? I've shared a few times in social media forums and closed groups with other moms that have been through similar situations, and I've gained strength from reading and listening to other moms similar to me. I wanted to include this in this podcast as a way to do a couple of things. One is to acknowledge my sweet baby girl. The other is to share my story and hopefully give some strength to others who are going through similar situations. It's never easy to go through the loss of a child. Nobody knows what to say. Nothing can ease the pain except time. And with time, you learn how to cope and you learn how to get through each day one day at a time. I thank you for taking the time to listen to my story, and I hope that it did bring each of you some strength and some encouragement and some comfort. I encourage you to reach out to me and give me some feedback, share your stories. Just reach out if you're feeling alone. You can drop me a voicemail if you're listening to this on the Anchor platform. And if you're not, you can reach out to me via email at jensjourney73 at gmail.com. That's jensjourney 7 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you all. So as I leave you again from this episode... I encourage you to be kind to you, to be gentle to you, and to look out for others.